Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This podcast is brought to you by Midland Radio USA, your leader in overlanding and off-roading communications. Also, join the brigade at truckbrigade.com, the best of the best for off-road and overlanding gear, and Rigid Industries Off-Road Lighting. Own the night with Rigid. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. Yo, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Anderson Overland Podcast. My name is Joey Anderson, and I am your guide host on this fabulous evening. I have Nathan from Legends Overlanding from Baja, California with me this evening. You guys are going to be stoked. We did about a two-hour podcast, and I'm going to split this into two parts. So here is the first part. I hope you guys enjoy this. It was such a great conversation, and uh, man, just awesome dude. So guys, enjoy. Here it is. Man, we're super stoked to have you. Thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Right on, man. Yeah, dude, I'm stoked uh, about our conversation, and and um, it's going to be good. So let's just get at it. So so tell me tell me what you're about. What is Legends Overland, and what do you guys do, and where did you come from? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. My name is Nathan Stewart. Um, I'm a co-founder of Legends Overlanding. We're down here in Baja, California, full time. So we are running an Overland Adventure Tour company, and we're doing High end. Um, I say high end because we've got our own kitchen. Um, otherwise we're just a normal <laughs> tour company, but, um, we've, we've basically put together, um, a little bit of a circus. We've got a, a glamping hotel set up that we can, that's mobile and a kitchen that's mobile. So we set up in really remote places and then we run overland trips out of those base camps. And then we can also build custom overland adventure tours for people that want to do something in Baja that's um, stuff you're not going to see on Instagram is kind of like my 
slogan where if I see it on Instagram too much, I avoid that area. Um, (laughs) Not because there's anything wrong with it, just because it's people already figured that out. And my job is to find places that people haven't figured out. Yeah. The Um, the not so saturated locations. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm from Central Coast, California. I born and raised there, uh, was in livestock for a long time, ranch managing, um, ran sheep. I was a shepherd for 11 years, which oh, is wow. a whole nother story, but the, uh, <laughs> I got a story for you about that. Actually, so, so I, um, grew up in, let's just go way back. I grew up in the church. I came down here when I was 18 years old, do a mission trip, build a house for the poor, um, ended up staying 11 years doing that. And, wow. um, uh, well, I, sorry, let's be honest. I did, uh, six years I was doing that. And then I just became a Mexican. I just started working down here and living a life. Um, so for my age, it's, un- I'm 40 years old. It's pretty unusual that I've been down in Baja living for 15 years and, um, an avid surfer. So I've always been surfing Baja, but as the overlanding thing has come on, I've it's been great because it's taken my mind off of the coast for a second. I'm looking up at these mountains and we start exploring um, the, the Sierras in Baja and there's just so much to explore um, more than my lifetime um, times two could ever see. So, <laughs> so we started this company to um, do something a little different. We want to show people, you know, if you got your rig, you're, you're a little bit insecure about, um, going into a third world country, or you just don't know more than being insecure about going to a third world country. It just takes so much time to find some of these places in Baja. Right. And, um, and you can come down on your own and you'll do fine. You'll have a wonderful time. Um, that's what I've been doing for 20 years, but, uh, the, the little extra time it takes to, to find the best spots. Um, it just takes time. Right. So, um, right. it usually takes us about three to six months just to find, um, just explore one zone and one zone, there's probably 30 zones, a hundred <laughs> zones in Baja. So Holy I, crap. I mean, j- like even in Ensenada, just scratching yeah, the I, surface basically. Yeah. 20 years in Baja, I've maybe seen 10% of it. Wow. And, um, so, which is good news for all of us. We, yeah. we all want those open spaces to be, um, to be raw and unmolested. And there's nothing worse than coming over a hill thinking you're in the middle of nowhere and seeing a truck (laughs) yeah, or 10 (laughs) or 10. Yeah. So, um, you love camping with people, but it's, it's just so much nice when it's just you and your, your friends. So, uh, so yeah, that's what we've, we've created. We've created this company that can, um, I've got an amazing chef, um, Alex and, uh, uh, a whole team We've got four guys down here full time and we're either exploring or working on menus. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the company legends overlanding. We do overland you know, basically bucket list trips in Baja is kind of what we're trying to trying to create here. Man, that and, is um, amazing. I know there's like, yeah. you know, other companies doing that, but probably a super small percentage of people that are doing it like you are, you know, and in the environment that you are. And like you said, I mean, I feel the same way, man. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time when we go out to make sure that 
the places that I keep close and dear to my heart are places that nobody goes to, you know, and, and, um, yeah. and we have some of those. And then we also have somewhere, you know, it's a little bit more populated and things where I'll take friends and groups and stuff, but yeah, but yeah man, that, I mean, that is something to be said about that. There's not many places anymore. I mean, especially in the States, you know, maybe like the Northern area, Northwest, you know, uh, Montana's and Wyoming's and stuff like that, that there's, that expanse of of land that's untouched still or that is very you know infrequently touched um and to be able to to have that environment down there and that's just like such a huge blessing to have you know that yeah. that ability to do that with people and show them i was looking at your instagram last night and just like oh my gosh like you know, <laughs> I've, I've seen pictures and i i think there's a there's another uh uh overland account on instagram and they do, I'll leave them unnamed as I don't want to plug them. Um, but they yeah. they do trips down there too. And I see them post some stuff too, but like nothing even close to the stuff that I've seen like on your Instagram, like, dude, the, I mean, insane scenery. I love the, the one that you just did. I think you just posted it a couple of days ago or maybe yesterday. It has like, it just flashes through a bunch of different things. That was so yeah. sick. I yeah. was like, oh yeah, man, yeah. like just awesome, man. So yeah. that's, that's super cool. It's crazy to be I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I understand why it's really ridiculous right now. The, um, it's crazy to be on a desert peninsula and have so much variety. Um, right. I mean, I can be, I can be in pine forest within an hour from my house in Ensenada. I can be in a desert oasis of palm trees within two hours. Um, and then at, at the same time, like, it could be 12 hours to get to some of these spots. You know, the, what's made Baja, what's kept Baja so pristine is just the fact that it's hard. Like you got to really want it. And yeah, yeah. Um, it, it thins out the herd. I um, bet. <laughs> some people it's just don't to want most it. people. Yeah. 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 And some people just don't want it. It's just six hours of washboards to see if maybe the beach is nice. And half of them aren't nice. You know, you get to a beach and you're kind of like, well, I just, for the amount of driving I did, that wasn't really worth it, you know, but <laughs> right. around the corner, which took another week of exploring, it's something incredible, you know? So, right. um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's a pretty incredible place. There, it sounds like it. it. It's such a unique place on the planet where you have a thousand miles of land with I think it, I, I'm, don't quote me on this. I think it's like 60 miles is the widest point. Narrowest point is probably 40, 30 miles. And you've got mountain ranges that get up to 9,000 feet in between it. So you've got two wow. oceans and you've got mountain ranges get up to 9,000 feet. So there's just so much out here. And so it's you actually so have like unexplored. Legit like mountain towns that are, that get snow just like. Yeah. Every year, here. every year we get snow. So huh. Wow. The, um, yeah. And, and so many, so that's kind of the first area I focused on was the mountains just because you don't think of pine forest. When you think of Baja, you think of the deserts and we can give you plenty of desert. That's always going to be there. Um, but probably the least explored has been the mountains. Wow. Um, every, everybody goes to the beaches, but you, there, there's a spot, um, where you can get up to 9,000 feet and you can look at both oceans at the same time. No It's way. the second largest observatory for stars in the world. It's what, this is the place where you want to go see stars. It's unbelievable. So, wow. 
Um, it's like no uh, light pollution. That's crazy, man. That, that's yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, when I lived in Big Bear, I mean, they, you know, you could get up to places and maybe on a, if you're lucky on a day, you'd be able to see like Catalina or something, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. not be able to see like two oceans, like right off, you know, each end. That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, and you think about it, like you can be places any, like most places probably on a clear day and see 20 miles. Right. But yeah. I mean, the peninsula is only 40 miles across in some places. And if you're at 9,000 feet, you're looking 20 miles to both direction. You're seeing out into the ocean, both sides. And it's a weird feeling because you're seeing, sea level in both directions and yeah. feeling all that land coming up underneath you. It's feel like you're wild. on an island or something or. Yeah. 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 Which you, you, they you thought it are. was an island for a long time. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And what was really cool about um, not blowing up spots because being a surfer, that's been pretty, um, pretty big. Like we're very territorial as surfers. We're sure, always trying sure. to keep spots secret and stuff. Yeah, but I'm I'm doing like our base camps are all on private property. Um, so if you're here, if you're on our base camp, you're you're there with us. And um, so these are places that you don't get to access without the relationship. Right. And you um, put the, the legwork in. Yeah. Set the cultivated those relationships to yeah. to set that stuff and in stone and yeah. It allows you to meet these people that are just incredible. Um, you know, the, our our base camp up in Sierra Juarez, the family has been there for over a hundred years. The stories they have, I mean, these are still to this day, um, living cowboys. That's what they do. They still drive cattle from the high Sierras down into the desert every year. Um, it's, it's, it's California, just, you know, 50 years before it's just hasn't changed as fast. And just, just the way that um, we all want it to be. <laughs> that we exactly. wish it was. I know. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, Man, maybe so. I shouldn't come down there. I might not leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, that's Happened awesome. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, so, I can see why. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the company in a, in a nutshell. Uh, we're, we're trying to branch out. I'm, I, we, we've got a base camp that can kind of be for anybody. So whether, um, you know, I'm talking to people that are doing yoga retreats or whatever, if you want to do a very remote yoga experience, um, I can get you way out there. If you want to get way out there. Um, I, what's great about our, we've designed these tent platforms. So they're, they're self leveling. So not self, it takes a lot of work, but the, um, <laughs> They're, they're leveling so I can put them up off the ground and I don't have to level the ground. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is nice because it means we don't make any impact. We're not digging up dirt. We're not um, knocking over bushes or anything. I can put them right over top of cactuses and pull them down um, the next week and you don't even know we were there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so that's that's a pretty cool thing we got. And, um, and the kitchen, I, it's... I never experienced that. I'm, I'm, I mean, I grew up with Coleman's and beat up Toyotas, you know, we, that's how we overlanded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so now like, you know, coming out of a wall tent that's heated and having the chef hand you a hot cup of coffee, you're like, I didn't know this is what I needed, but <laughs> yes. I needed this. <laughs> yeah. That's like, like you said, like the, the glamping part. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No kidding, man. Mm-hmm. I know just those, those little small things, man. And, you know, and, I think too, with that stuff too, like even like the trips I've been on that have been, they were awesome. Don't get me wrong. But some of those yeah. days where you're just like miserable just because you're getting rained on and just 
Like those little things, man, for morale are so boosting at times you yeah. know, where you're just like tired or you're just, I don't know, not feeling like a hundred percent or you got rain yeah. for days on end. You're just like, I need something like those little things, man, are just, those, those are uh, refreshing to have. And, and um, yeah. yeah, like you said, I mean, the old, you know, I'm not getting any younger and you know, it's, uh, it's nice to have a few more uh, creature comforts, you know, um, that I didn't really give two craps about when I was, you know, in my twenties, you know, that I totally yeah. care about now, you know? So. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, a lot of times we're trying to get our loved ones out there. We're, I mean, we're hooked, right? We, yeah. we would suffer through the rain or whatever to get to these spots. Absolutely. But it's hard with the kids and, and the wife to, to make that happen. And so when I'm, when I'm uh, debriefing with customers, I'm, I'm talking to the wife, you know, I'm like, what, what didn't you like, you know, right. because, because a lot of times she's the one that's going to make the call, whether the, the, the family trip happens, you know? Yeah. And she'll so, be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, well, it was, you know, I could like a little more of that, or I was still cold around the fire or anything like that. I'm like, okay, we're going to get blankets, like whatever. Um, Cause I want them to be able to enjoy the stars. I don't want them wor- worried about like, you know, smoke in their face because the fire is not good or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Or I mean, I never, I like, I'm sorry, maybe it's just me, but I never got into the cooking camping thing, like the fold out little spatula and using little utensils. It's yeah, like no, using no. Lego toys no. to cook with. <laughs> yes, not it's me either. Never, I, I <laughs> the never closest to that, that is my, my camp chef, uh, mountain series or whatever it is. That's as close there as you go. everything yeah, else and is camp, just like it is in my house, man. The camp chef gives you some room. So you're like, okay, I can get yeah. behind this, but like, Anything smaller than that, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. The full, yeah, you want to be comfortable the back of the truck. Yeah. yeah you don't want it yeah. to be, uh, um, uh, task to, you know, like a major task yeah. to do stuff like, um, not, not yeah. task isn't the word I'm looking for, but, uh, a, a, a burden, I guess is a better word, you know, to do right. anything because then it just ruins the whole experience. And then it just becomes, you know, something where you're like, I don't know if I want to do that again. Like that was a pain in the butt or whatever, you know, or, um, you know, I, I bought, it's funny, just made me think about this. I, I bought a, um, uh, it was never, I mean, I rode motorcycles and stuff and quads growing up and stuff, but I, I recently, when we moved out here, I bought a, a Polaris razor turbo Yeah, yeah. and, uh, my daughter and I freaking love it. I mean, we go out all the time, <laughs> took my wife out on it and like, you know, once or twice and she just got super dirty as face filled with dirt and you know (laughs) and now i'm like you want to go she's like nah you guys go ahead you know now she's like you know doesn't want everything to do with it i'm like dang it like i wish i would have been able to fix that so that didn't happen to her Mm -hmm. because now she's like screw it i'm done you know but it's so true like if you don't like set up that experience you know especially for for females a little little, most of them not all of them of course but most of them are you know it's a little different than us guys you know as far as that goes and um, and it's important, you know, and, and you, you want to make sure that that's as comfortable and, and as awesome of an experience the first time, because then they're going to want to yeah. do it again and again and again. And, and yeah. I made that mistake and it wasn't awesome the first time. So. Yeah. And we've made, I mean, we made mistakes. <laughs> we built, a our, we had platforms built with the shower on one side and the bathroom on the other. Uh-huh. And like, as a guy, I overlooked the fact that nobody wants to go to the bathroom while somebody else is showering in the platform. So, okay. Right. So shower is now in a different spot. Bathrooms <laughs> completely separate. You know, it's like little things like that. It, it matters. It, you just want people to be able to be comfortable in the outdoors so they can enjoy what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. My yeah. wife loves so, overlanding. I mean, she's like, let's go, yeah. you know, she, but she's like, yeah. I'm in an enclosed cab. 
while we're driving yeah. with air conditioning or heating with no dust blowing through my face. So, and she's know. got control over her space, which yes. is, is what we all want. Like, it's yep. like, I'll go out there and like, let the elements come at me, but I want to know that like, I can control this. Yeah. I get cold. I can get warm. If I'm hungry, I can eat, you know, all yep. that stuff. So yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. Well, that kind of coattails into my next question. Uh, I mean, you kind of already covered some of this, but like what other um, experiences, what experiences do you try to provide uh, to your, you know, to the end user, I I guess, or to your overlanders and people that are coming and doing these trips with you? I want them to not, I'm I'm not, so there's a lot, so nothing against any of these trips, but there's a lot of Baja trips where you come down, they take you out to tacos, you eat at restaurants and you go out and do your runs out in the desert, but you always end up back at a hotel or something like that. I really, I'm, I sold most of my ideas from wilderness collective. They they're, they're trying to disconnect people from um, society a little bit. You know, uh, I, I forget what their slogan is. Something like wilderness is good for you or something like that, but it, it's great. It's uh, so the reason I'm bringing the kitchen is because I don't want you to have to come back to civilization. I want you to be able to stay out there and be comfortable out there with right. all your amenities from home, but be out there the whole time. Right. And, um, and then on top of that, um, I'm, I'm kind of a foodie. And so I've always been excited about the kitchen. And so our chef, um, Alex is amazing and he's really excited about, um, local plants. So, bringing plants, native plants that we're hanging out around into the food is rad. Yeah, that is. And it's, wow. it's been pretty fun. So like our granola has Oasis date palms in it, um, which you can't buy at the grocery store. You got to go out to an Oasis in the middle of the desert and harvest date palms. Wow. Um, and the list goes on. Our quails, local wild caught quail. We have quail traps, like little things like that, that just take the, like, what it does is it just connects you connects you that much more with where you're at. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you're, you're experiencing it, you're seeing it, you're smelling it and you're also tasting it. And, Something um, tangible. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. that's what I think we're doing a little bit different. I know. I mean, there's, I know there's other two companies with chefs too, and they're doing awesome stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of been our passion. Uh, I literally, sent the team out on Friday up into the Sierras to meet with a native, native American. America is a continent, not a country. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> so, so um, to meet with a native American to show them edible plants that are found in Sierra Juarez, which is the mountain range close to us. And so that we can continue to add um, different plants into our menus. That, wow. So it's just, just fun. And, you know, awesome. we've got, Baja is ridiculous for that. We've got insanely fresh seafood. We've got, I mean, uh, the Hemingway sons used to come down to San Quentin to hunt duck. There's an amazing duck hunting, amazing quail hunting. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's weird how a desert has so much. Yeah. Such a wide eat, range of variety. Yeah. There's a lot of food to eat in the desert and, um, making a part of the menu has been fun. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, I think, it's- it's crazy. Like when you, you think about, well, you know, until just what, maybe the last 50 to, you know, 80 years or whatever, maybe that, you know, you have these more predominant like restaurants and fast food joints now and all this stuff. 
for thousands and thousands of years before us, people lived off the land. That's how they lived. And, you know, and we've commercialized it and, you know, but if you go to these places like where you're at, where it's, you know, virtually untouched in a lot of ways, you still have that traditional way of living and surviving and, and the resources, natural resources that are, have always been there and that will always be there, you know, uh, you know, and it's, that's, that's incredible, man, to be able to do that and show people how, how to live that way and how to survive that way, how to, you know, experience that. Like I said, that, that tangible, um, experience, you know, like, that's why yeah. I, I take my yeah. family out and do this. You know, I, I, when we got into this, I was like, man, I, I love being outdoors. I'm, I'm a snowboarder. I'm a, a hiker. I'm a, you know, I do, I'm, I'm totally into all this stuff, you know, outside. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, I want to show my daughter and my, now my son, my family, all the stuff that I've experienced. And, uh, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I want to get out and I want to experience this world. I'm sick of, of, you know, not getting out there and, and just sitting in front of the boob tube every night, you know, and, um, back in, what was it? Probably like 2015. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, let's this check out these rooftop tents. Let's buy one of these and throw it on top of the truck and get out there. And we did it, man. And that was just the end of it. Just, you know, no looking 100, back. <laughs> 150 to 200 nights a year since, you know, until COVID hit, which made it yeah. a little bit more difficult. And especially at first, nobody knew what was going on. And so you're like, Oh man, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of these, these areas are closed and whatever, but, um, you know, and then we had our son. So that, <laughs> that's kind of put a little <laughs> bit of a uh, pause on things the last year, but now he's getting to the age where, you know, we're picking things up and we're, we're getting back out there. And, and I just think it's so important, man. And that's why I tell everybody, you know, get your families out there. And, and even during COVID, um, you know, I won't, I won't go the <laughs> political route, <laughs> but during COVID it's like, to me, it didn't change anything for me. Yeah. Nothing. You know, yeah. there was a couple of weeks there where I was like, Hmm, you know, what, what is this? You know, I'm not, not sure where this is going. A little, little nerve wracking, you know, like everything's shutting down, you know, economy is going to crap. Like all this stuff's happened. People are, you know, all fear mongered and whatever. But I was right. like, you know, I'm going to, even if this is like going to kill us all, or, you know, just wipe out the population, I'm still not going to change my life. I'm still going to live my life to the fullest. I'm not going to change the way I live. I'm going to protect my family as best I can, yeah. obviously. But we didn't, we didn't change anything. I mean, my, my line of work <laughs> was pretty exposed to that stuff yeah. on a daily basis, yeah. you know, for the entire duration, you know, and, um, and I never got sick, uh, with COVID. I never had any issues that I felt like, you know, I was afraid. And, and I think, yeah, th- uh, it's, thank you for that. I know we're, we're all grateful. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm privileged to, you know, have been able to be in that position, you know, at the time and still, you know, um, it's, but it's just crazy. Like, I think, you know, people are just fear, fearful, you know, it, be, before all that stuff, you know, people are just in, mm-hmm. intimidated to get out and to live life and, and what, and see what that's all about. You know, it's not about the hubbub of work and it's not, you know, about the narrative on whatever news channel or whatever political views you have or whatever. It's not about what's going on anywhere else. You know, it, I, you know, I, I've been trying to turn the news off recently and just not watch it because I'm like, it's not yeah. changing anything for me at all, you know, mm-hmm. until it's knocking at my door, I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to change anything and, and I'm going to live my yeah. life and I'm not going to live my life, uh, according to 
what somebody on, on a, uh, you know, a television is telling me that I've never met and I know nothing about, you know, right. um, I don't know that I could trust them as far as I could throw a rock and I'm not going to have them dictate how I'm going to live my life. And, and, you know, good advice. I believe in a higher, a higher uh, power and, and uh, the good old man upstairs looking down on us and protecting us. And, Absolutely. And he knows, he knows the will of our, for our lives and, and, and he knows, you know, tomorrow and I don't. And mm -hmm. so yeah, one yeah. day at a time, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. it's so important to, I think, to get out there and to see God's creation. Number one is just unbelievable, you know, and, and to, to be able to pull as many people into that experience as I can. It, it just, it's just very gratifying for me. You know, it just feels yeah. good to be like, check this out, you know, and you yeah. see people's eyes when they see stuff, you know, and you're up on a, a Vista overlooking just incredible landscapes and, you know, coming around a corner and there's, you know, an old, you know, 1920s, uh, you know, structure or, you know, an old 1800s mine or, you know, just mm -hmm. all this old remnants or, you know, the Native American uh, uh, places that we've been to in New Mexico and Colorado and experienced that. And you're just like, man, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I've never had, excuse me, I've never had any moment of my life, I don't think, maybe very rare moments of my life where I've seen something on TV and I've been like, oh my God. And it's given me that like, unbelievable mm -hmm. feeling yeah I, nothing yeah. like i've had out in the you know the outdoors and and things that you're you're seeing and you're feeling the wind blow against your face and you're you're smelling everything and you're you're just experiencing like this creation dude it's just like i don't know you just can't experience or you can't explain that experience to somebody without bringing them out out there with you and i just want to like carry that leg like my kids to carry that legacy with them like for their kids and their kids and their yeah. kids and just be like, Hey, yeah. this is what's important. You know, this, this stuff, these devices, computer, all this crap. And this isn't, yeah, important, you I'm, know? I'm jealous. I, I, I think man, kids is like, you, you get the opportunity to just constantly be, look at this, look at yeah. this. And that's, I mean, I, I feel like we've built a company because I really want to show people. And like, if I had kids, maybe I wouldn't build the company because <laughs> <laughs> I just really want to show people. And like the, the thrill of seeing people experience this stuff for the first time is so amazing. I love seeing people's eyes light up when they, uh, when I take them to a spot and they're just like, Oh, well, like I, wow. Okay. I didn't think it, I knew it was going to be cool, but I didn't think it would be that cool. Right, right. Like, yeah. It's yeah. cool. All right. Like yeah. this is really, really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. Like this just gives so, you goosebumps, doesn't it? You're just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this is just awesome. You know, those, those yeah. sunrises that, you know, when I'm home and, like the other night, you know, we were out, uh, the night before I came home, I think that the night that I talked to you the first time that night, we ended mm -hmm. up at like one 30 in the morning, we got dispatched out to another city, um, close by and we were up all night. We got back to, to the station at like five 30 in the morning and I was just wrecked, you know? And it's like, you come home and you're like, man, I'm just going to, to bed, you know? And then the next morning it's like, you know, you're, I'm sleeping in, I'm just going to try and get caught up as much as possible. And, and then you end up like the first couple of days off, you're just getting caught up on rest. And then you have like one or two days off and then you go back and do it all over again. But it's yeah. like, you know, at home you get caught in this whole routine and things like that happen. And you're, you know, trying to get caught up on sleep and whatever, dude, I'm not a morning person whatsoever. <laughs> but when I'm, when I'm out camping, like we're out overlanding, I'm always yeah. up like, pretty early where you're getting to experience these things that you just don't get to see, you know, like most people aren't up yeah. at sunrise and, and, or, you know, up as late as we are to be able to see like the, 
you know, or out in these environments where you can just see everything in the sky and chase, you know, satellites going over the top of you and just all this amazing stuff that just nothing like it, you know, when you're out there um, seeing that stuff for real. That's know? awesome. Yeah. It's, um, the, and I, I've been, I mean, starting this company meant a lot of scouting and, yeah. um, and I got a lot more to do, but oh my gosh, it's, I've been blessed. This, the past nine months has been, I've, you know, been camping long-term for most of it. And That's it's rad. been a lot of nice and a lot of nights under the stars. And, um, it's been, it's been a privilege. It's, it's an amazing, amazing planet. Yeah. You know, I think about it all the time too. You know, there's probably a small percentage of people on the face of this planet that get to experience what, what we get to experience out there, you know, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. You go into these, <laughs> into these cities and, you know, there's just, I don't know, man, it's just like people are robots, you know, they just, yeah. they're in this routine where they, they get up at, at six in the morning, they get home o'clock at eight o'clock at night and they do the whole thing over again every single day. They never see their families. They're just working for the man. Um, yeah. you know, and you know, you got to make a living, you got to have a job and, you know, um, a career and stuff, but like, it's just, it's crazy to me how, and, I, and I'm guilty of it. I've, I've had six businesses, the last mm-hmm. two of which were very successful. The last one was a million dollar company. I built a solar energy company um, from nothing and uh, and it got crazy, crazy successful and got to a point where I'm like, I'm getting caught up in this. I'm, I'm, I'm working in the fire service and all mm-hmm. my days off, I'm working my business. And I was working seven yeah. days a week, you know, and to yeah. all hours of the night doing paperwork for plan yeah. checks and all this stuff, running operations for the company. And I got to a point where I'm like, what am I doing? I have a, I have a career where I work two <laughs> days on and I have four days off. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, hundred thousand a year, you know, plus to work 10 days a month, you know, and yeah, we're, we're working a full week's worth of hours in two days and you get your butt handed to you sometimes. And it's, it's yeah. brutal, yeah, yeah. brutal work, but it allows that flexibility with that schedule. It's like second yeah. to none, you know? And I'm like, yeah. what am I doing? And so, uh, had some, some, an, an opportunity to leave the business and I, I bounced and, uh, I turned yeah. the business over to my, to my business partner and, and I haven't looked back and I haven't had a business since, you know? And, yeah. and, um, it's funny recently I had some, some friends of mine, some really close friends of mine. They're like, Hey man, we know how you are with business. We want to start a business with you. Like, I don't care what you want to do. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't care what you want to do. Let's go. I'm like, yeah, hold on a second. Like, I appreciate that and your confidence in me, but I, I just, I'm not interested And there. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. There was a couple moments where I considered it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, you know, maybe I should, you know, things are getting, you know, way more expensive. Inflation's going up. It'd be cool to have some mm-hmm. other supplemental income. Um, yeah. but the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? I'd rather eat, just do something on the side myself. That's minimal, uh, effort and just bring in, you know, maybe it's minimal money, you know, uh, but just something to, you know, keep a little extra money coming in or maybe I won't, you know, and, and yeah. it gets yeah. to the point where you're just like, I guess the point I'm making is I got overwhelmed because I'm a go-getter. I'm super highly motivated, driven person. And I'm like, right. I want to be a millionaire. Ah, you know, I can do right, this. Right, right. I can do this. And yeah. And the, the society you, you live in feeds yeah, to that. You know, it the does. We grew up and it really yeah. wants you to keep digging. You lose in. sight yeah. of what's important. You, you yeah. totally lose sight, you know? And, and uh, yeah, you, 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 you want to keep up with the Joneses and you want to be that guy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it, I came to this realization where, 
you know, yes, I want to, I want to be able to provide for my family more so than I am even now, or, you know, I want to be able to leave, a, I'd love to leave a million dollars for my kids someday, you know? Right. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's more valuable to spend that time with my kids. They're not going to care about that money, but they're going to yeah. care about, and they're going to yeah. remember that time that they spent with us, you know, Absolutely. that's what's important. Absolutely. And it, took me, yeah. it took me some, some hard lessons and uh, some time to, to figure that out. But I'm, I'm really glad that I did, but. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anyways. And if your kids are anything like you, they're probably going to appreciate the the challenge of, of creating as opposed to just getting a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got the entrepreneur bug, like that's something that's just in you. And whether you use that on podcasts or other projects you start or whatever it is you're going to do, it doesn't have to be about just capital. You know? Exactly. That's, yep. that's awesome. Yeah. And even awesome. if it's uh, if the only reason that uh, the good old Lord, let me, you know, go through that and learn those skill sets is to maybe, uh, motivate my children to do that later in life, to make them successful in some way yeah, that they want yeah, to pursue, yeah, yeah. then maybe that's all it was, you know, and that's yeah. fine too. So, um, that's yeah. more than a legacy. That's, that's a real legacy. That, yeah. That's, that's what, that's the legacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and yeah. it's important, I think. And, um, it's just awesome, man. But so like try and get back on track here. So I'll get on this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but like, good, this good stuff. <laughs> um, so like since, since you've been like overlanding in Mexico, like what do you feel like sets that apart? Like what's different about, um, you know, I know we've touched on experiences and, and things, mm-hmm. but like, what would you say is different overlanding in Mexico than say overlanding in the middle of nowhere here in the States? What sets it apart in like, what just stands out to you that just makes it just epic? Okay. So there's almost no difference. If you're comparing beautiful middle of the nowhere in the States to beautiful middle of the nowhere, Mexico, there's, there's no difference that, but <laughs> the, the, the little cherry on top is you keep telling yourself we're in Mexico, right? <laughs> it's, it doesn't get old. I mean, I living down here for years, I'll, I'll be at the grocery store and I'll just be like, I'm in Mexico right now. Like, it's just, I don't know why. And maybe it's just cause I'm not from here. Um, but it doesn't get old. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you're in another country just adds a whole nother element to everything. Right. And then I can go with the obvious answers of um, the culture, the people, they're incredible. Um, the more I can put my customers face to face with real cool, real people. Right. Um, I feel like there's been kind of a, a tendency um, shots fired, but like with the Baja 1000 race and all this stuff and coming down, they're going fast. They're going hard. There's lots of money and they kind of, um, migrate towards like freak shows. So there's just a little bit, it's more of like, um, Oh my gosh, this guy's crazy. Or like, you know, it, there's just some really good, wholesome, amazing humans down here, just like back home. Right. And, um, and meeting those people is great. Uh, the, 
so that's obviously beautiful. Um, Baja has got his own magic. That's unlike any other place. And I'm not, you can't compare it to any other place because every place has got its own unique thing. And, right. um, yeah, it's not better than Moab. It's not better than Alaska. Those places all have their own thing that you can only get in Alaska. You can only get that in Moab. You can only get Baja and Baja. And yeah, I was just going to um, say, it's probably the same thing yeah. there. It's just, that's just something, yeah. something you're not going to get that anywhere else, you know? Yeah. And that's great. That's the, thank God there's, it's not globalized yet. So it's, uh, yeah, is it, it, you like, got I mean, to come to experience it. Speaking of like the the mountains and stuff and like driving through, mm-hmm. like, how is it like, I know like here, you know, pretty much, I mean, gosh, most mountain ranges <laughs> driven through, Yeah, you know, eventually, you know, whether it's, you know, the San Bernardino's down here. And so, you know, Southern California area or the Sierras or the San Juans, eventually on one of those roads, you're going to run into a ski town, you know, or some podunk, <laughs> mountain yeah, town yeah. but you yeah. know one that's developed and there's you know million dollar homes and whatever you eventually run into <laughs> these places but out there i would assume you drive through these mountains and you're not running into that you're running into like you yeah. said which was a great analogy you're running into california 50 years ago or 100 years yeah. ago so there's nothing yeah. you're like driving yeah, into Big Bear lake before it was paved and there's there's nothing there and you're so it's like oh my yeah. god what is this this is awesome and there isn't the economy or the infrastructure for there ever to, to be a town that. there. Right. So uh, I, I, I've, I feel like I've said this a lot in the past couple of weeks, but the, there's mines in Baja that they know are there. They know have millions of dollars of gold in them, but it's just too hard to get it out. It right. doesn't pencil out. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... It's it's amazing. You can go out to these places and you're like, wow, this like if it was somewhere else, which is not, thank God, yeah, this would be worth a million bucks. And right. um, and it, it is. I mean, for us, it's as good as a million bucks. But um, for the investors, it doesn't work. And right. um, and they've tried. I mean, they've tried since they got here and the 1500s with the Spanish conquistadors, they they've tried to own this peninsula and nobody has done it well. Um, it, it's, uh, I, I think I told you the, in the sixties, I'm reading books about Baja from the sixties and they're talking about sections of Baja that were still just on the map said unexplored whole mountain ranges huh. talking. No, we're way. talking, um, hundreds of square miles un, unexplored and we're landing on the moon. Um, That's crazy. That 19- seems like impossible. That's unreal. Right. <laughs> so in 1971, 72, somebody will check that. Um, they finished paving the road between El Rosario, which is about five hours south of Ensenada to La Paz, which mm-hmm. is if I piss in a bottle 24 hours from here. <laughs> so a long way. Right. Um, before that, it was a two track dirt road across the desert before 71. It's insane. Like, so yeah, yeah. Not since that long then, ago, not that long ago. And, um, and in the 20 years I've been down in Baja, you know, there's always rumors of the de- developments and, and people coming and stuff. And it just never happens. It just doesn't, the land doesn't really allow it to, to happen. There's not enough water. It costs too much to get electricity out there. 
the roads are just too long. It's just too far. It's like, and, uh, what uh, is it? Uh, gold rush when they went down to Papua New Guinea or, or I don't know where they, somewhere in South America, you know, and they're like, yeah, this isn't going to work. This is way too expensive, yeah. way yeah. too hard to keep mining down here. Cause it's just nuts. You know? Yeah. I've, I've talked to like big miners, um, that work down Baja and they're like, there's just so many places here where we just, yeah, we know it's there. We've done satellite imagery. We've spent $30,000 on checking and it's there. It's just the trucks to get it to the, the Harbor. It doesn't pin out. It's just, right. just doesn't make basically sense. impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's a cowboy that runs his mule up into that mine and makes a living. He doesn't, <laughs> he's not getting rich quick, but he, he can get enough out to, to make a life out of it. It's, so it's just this old way of living still exists down here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and it's It'd be uh, sweet to go up there, dude, and find like, you know, just be stumbling across. Like I always think we actually funny story. Uh, last year we bought a gold mine up in our local ghost town up here. It's not a ghost town. It's a mining town. Kind of, okay. people kind of refer to it as a ghost town it's called oatman yeah. arizona it's a okay okay huge mecca for gold silver mining back in the day and the town's still there and they now they it's just a tourist trap and they do like these cowboy shows on the streets and blah blah, blah mm-hmm. right well up from that we we um we claimed 20 acres and we were mining it and i got all the equipment you know the dry washers and okay. auto panning okay. systems yeah. and tables and everything and my, that was another thing I was doing with my daughter. She was a total yeah. rock hound. And so <laughs> we, I was like, you know what? She loves this stuff. Let's just, let's get a claim and let's start doing this. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome, man. Like, you know, but I've always thought like, man, it'd be so cool to be walking out here and just stumble. You know, you see these stories of people stumbling on these, like in these untouched areas, oh my gosh. these huge oh, nuggets and you're like, dude, can you imagine <laughs> that? Like, just yeah. like a nugget the size of your fist, you notice what the. I just can't even imagine that, that. That whole that whole era has not left us at all. Right. We're sitting on top of that time. Like, and that for me is just goosebumps. Like holding totally. goosebumps. Like <laughs> the the fact that there's mines here where guys barely made it back out to water. Um, one guy came out with all his pockets full of gold nuggets and he died two days later in the hospital. No way. Um, the mine's lost. Guys have spent their lifetime searching for that mine. And I'm, I'm talking about one mine, but there's a hundred of them. Right. Where they, okay, you're like, okay, well, how far can one human walk in a day? Like how far can one human last without water? And they start mapping it out and they're trying to figure out where these mines are. Um, the desert changes so fast. You know, yeah. one rainstorm comes in and it looks totally different it's really easy for people to lose minds. It's surprisingly easy. Um, yeah. And I mean, if there's minds just outside Flagstaff, right? Every year they go out and do this. Uh, the whole town goes out and searches for this mine. I forget the name of the mine, but um, really? 300. Well, yeah, it, I read a book on it the other day. And it was, it, 300 people had died in 1966 looking for this mine. That was in 1966. No Nobody's found it. Um, there was this weird transition where you've got native Americans that didn't want them there and they were still violent enough to where it was hard to go out there without getting killed by an Indian. Uh And the Indians could care less about the value of gold at the time. It didn't mean anything to them. And it's just the stuff slips through the cracks in history and And generation after generation. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got 
Oh, what is that one? We got the uh, internet and we forgot all about this stuff. Like they yeah, didn't put yeah. these books on the internet. That's so this yeah, stuff is still so much untapped information out there. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Dude, what's that? Yeah. Oh, man, what's that mine? Uh gosh, what is it? It's like East of Phoenix. Uh, the superstition mountains, I think it's called. Yes. There's the superstition like some, mountains. That's exactly yeah. what I was talking about. There's yes. like this, some yeah. crazy mine out there. These people have been looking for and yeah, yeah. it's like, what yeah. the and, the, and there's rumors that the natives knew that they wanted it and they hit it on purpose. And guys have gone through with like military photograph planes, helicopters, like they've really, really tried and it happened. Like it's there. Yeah. It just hasn't been found. And right. a modern society forgot about it. They got better things to worry about. You know, we've got crypto, like we're not worrying about yeah. mines. And and <laughs> yeah. And as like outdoors people, like this stuff is just like so addicting. Oh, like, I know it, man. Know. I love that stuff to death. Like yeah. there's not many things that get me going, like old world history like that, like 1800s yeah. mining. Like I'm I'm so sucked in all these shows like Curse of Oak Island and Gold Rush and you know, bearing seagull and all that, you know, just watching this stuff and that like totally inspired me, man. And we were just like, we're, we're 15, 20 minutes from one of the biggest gold rushes in our nation's history. And there are 300 open mine shafts within a mile radius of the center of town. And it's just littered, you know? And I'm like, yeah. there has got yeah. to be more out here, you know? And it's yeah. funny that and it doesn't even matter how much it's worth on the stock market. No, it's, it's just, no. you, you want to find the mine. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if I find gold or I find an old Indian grave cave full of, um, yeah, just, arrowheads. Like yeah. it's, it means it's going to be amazing either way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Dude. Like we, um, my in-laws bought a ranch east of here, 40 acres. And, uh, I can't disclose where it's at because I've sworn by secrecy, but um, sworn job, to secrecy. <laughs> but we have this this ranch, and we were up there the first day, and we were we were staking out um, future potential. Not that we'll ever be able to do this, but uh, potential cabin sites. You know, in the future, if we make, yeah. you know if we're yeah. able to build a cabin and just kind of yeah. just messing around. And my daughter's out there with with my father in law and I, and we're looking around and we're taping stuff out. And my daughter looks down, and there's a freaking arrowhead. You know, and it's just like, what the, and dude, it's just crazy. And it, it, it's amazing. Like, you know, we walked uh, a couple other um, ridges over and she found a bottle that was like, uh, we looked it up and we found like the head of the bottle and it was pretty, some intact parts of it. And it was like mm -hmm. this deep, like purple dyed, you know, glass. Oh, so wow, we knew it was yeah. old and we looked it up and it was yeah. like cold and flu tonic from 1867. And you're just like, what the? Wow. And you're thinking about like, dude, like who, who dropped this here? Like, how did this get here? How did, who was out yeah. here with this arrowhead? What Indians? And, you know, and dude, it's just, it's insane. What it's, life did they live? Yeah. What life Jeez. did they live? And yeah. I mean, I, have you ever, um, have you ever heard of Cerro Gordo, the ghost town up in the Owens Valley no. area? Oh, dude, no. you have to check this out. It is. We're going to totally have to get... swap spots. Oh yeah. It's, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's this guy bought this go this ghost town. It's been there, you know, since 1800s. It was like the, the, mm -hmm. the largest silver producing mine, like for years and years. And they, all the silver that they used to build Los Angeles with was out of this mine. Okay. Um, and it's been pretty well intact um, over the years and um, has been uh, preserved by certain families and stuff over the years. And he went in and bought this place 
and they're restoring all these buildings and and he has a youtube channel called ghost town living and his his name's brent super freaking cool dude and he he owned like (laughs) hostels in like texas or something for a while and then he decided with uh some partners to buy this 400 acres of this ghost town and they're restoring it and he documented day one to now and he does videos on youtube that are like 20 minutes 30 minutes long of the whole process and it yeah, dude, it's it is insane. Like you have to check it out. Like I, I have a nail, like a square head nail right here from the hotel on that at that ghost town. Wow. Like that's how much uh, like I love this place. But um, <laughs> totally got to check it out. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll, I'll give you one one story that's like kind of the most well known Baja legend. Um, and this is why this is why we're called Legends Overlanding. It's not oh, because cool, cool. Um, we're legends at all. Right. Um, it's because yeah, I was going to ask you. There's that. just um, it, it's kind of something between like Bobby Bear has a song called Lullabies, Legends, and Lies. It's it's just this. There's so many amazing people and stories that have gone before us, and we're like kind of our slogans chasing legends and Baja. Where there's just so much cool stuff down here yeah. that we want to want to um, follow in their footsteps. So. That's so um, rad. I was super, we were worried, we, like, we like the name, and then we were worried about it, because I just don't want people to think that we think we're legends, like, I'm not claiming anything. Um, but there's, so there's the story of uh, uh, Mission San Isabel. I hope I got that name right. But um, there, when Spain was in Baja, and we're transitioning between oh geez, the Jesuits and the, whoever they had out here, the, the different sects of the, the Catholic Church. The, the king was worried that the Jesuits were working something out. We're going to take over Baja and take it from the king, like revolt, basically. Mm-hmm. There's no proof that they were ever actually going to do that. But he got worried about it. Some people were whispering in his ear and he got scared. So he sent over a totally different denomination, basically, of the same uh, Spanish Catholic Church. And in a moment, they were told, you guys are evicted from Baja. You're no longer allowed to run the things. Wow. And when, when that happened, the rumor is, this is historians for the most part say this probably didn't happen, but, um, it doesn't take much for me to get hooked. So (laughs) the (laughs) same um, way. (laughs) Yeah. That, um, they took all the treasures, pearls from La Paz, gold that they'd been harvesting from the mines in Baja, and they put it on a mule train and moved it to one place in Baja, built a mission and then dynamited in this Canyon. There's, like not firsthand, but there's secondhand reports of a crazy long mules train loaded down. Um, I've by, heard of this. Yeah. I know, I've heard of this. Yeah. Wasn't it so, like, uh, they, it was like, a, um, they're also thinking it might've been below like a monastery too, that they had tunneled and, and hidden yeah. this treasure. So they've, they've got a bunch of theories and the theories, what's great about the theories is they're all over Baja. Like there's not like one part of Baja where it's guaranteed to find it. It's uh-huh. like, it could be in San Pedro Mati. It could be down in uh, La Giganta. Like there's all these different mountain ranges and they're not sure where it is at all. But men way better than me with way more money than me have spent a lifetime looking, looking for, for that mission. <laughs> Wow. And they found some insane stuff. They found springs from the 1600s out in the middle of the desert. They found 
uh, artifacts and all sorts of stuff. And there's been several times where they find a cave and they think it's got something. And the next day they come back and it's been dynamited. Just all these crazy stories. It just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. I but, saw um, a, a documentary, a documentary or, or a show where these yeah. guys were looking for that and they had gone, they had found this monastery in, in the middle of freaking nowhere in this valley. Yeah. And yeah. they, they found this tunnel under this monastery, like they were tunneling and stuff. And then all, this, all of a sudden the, the ground, like they're digging, the ground caved in and they found this cave underneath this monastery. And they, they, they put a remote control vehicle, like a remote control, like RC truck with a camera with on a it. Camera. Yeah. Did you see the same one? And they were like, no, drove no. it. They drove it through this cave, right? And then, like, they got to a point where they found like a an old, like, super crazy old relic, like a like wheelbarrow and some other tools yeah, so, and some things. That's the like, point where I lose mind. my mind. Yeah. yeah. And and then <laughs> and then like you were like, oh my god, these guys found this. Like, there's a whole a whole series, right? And then at the end was yeah, the yeah. scene, right? And then yeah. and then poof, it's gone, and they haven't had anything since. Oh. Yes, dude. I was like, what? Did these guys find this? And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't film this anymore. We got to stop this because we freaking found this place. Look up their last names. They own an island in the Caribbean. Seriously. (laughs) Dude, it was seriously like that. We're all like my wife and I were like totally deep into this. Right. And we watched this whole thing. And then the last episode, I swear to you, dude, they finally found this tunnel and they start digging into this thing. They're sending this camera in and you're like, oh my God. Like they're mining in here. Oh my God, there's that, there's that. And then it was like the end of the episode and it never aired again and disappeared and it just gone. Wow. Yeah. So it makes you think like, did these guys think, holy crap, we just found something. We can't make this public or everybody and their mother's going to be here. And we're not, you know, we're done filming, but we're going to keep going because we think we've found this, you know, I don't know. It's just just weird. (laughs) I've always thought that sense. Like these guys must've found that (laughs) whatever they were looking for, you know? Probably did, probably. Yeah, or something. It's to, just, you know. Yeah, it's it's exciting to think that um, just the way society's gone the past 50 years, these things have been forgotten, but nothing's changed. It's still sitting in caves. Like, yeah. they're still out there. Right. Um, the, you can still find an entire battlefield of... Um, Oh, I'm going to forget the name. Um, cavalry yeah. and Native American Indians. Yep. You still just roll up on that in the desert. It's I have. still there. I have. Yeah. I, okay. I've rolled there up on a Calvary encampment, like where I used oh to work at gosh. another station out. Uh, dude, it's just crazy. Actually, I can talk about this because I've I talked about another podcast. <laughs> but it, it's it's dude. It was, I'm not even kidding you. It was like unreal. We rolled up. My one of my old captains was a historian for the the North Desert above Barstow between Barstow and Vegas. Yep. And he took me to this place off a of field road and it's, it's well known. So it's, I'm not worried about it, but it's yeah. an old Calvary encampment. And the, when we went there, he took me there. You can see the outline, the outlines of the tents, oh tent stakes, tent stakes in the ground, in the corners of these, where yeah. these tents were like that. You could tell the, this it, it doesn't first. rain. It's yeah. not raining. So things All intact. stay. Yeah. Trails yep. in the desert stay the same for hundreds of years because there's nothing to erode it. So right. if you make a horse trail through the desert, you might be walking on a 200, 500, 600 year old. The list yeah. goes on. The, oh, cave, yeah. the cave, the cave paintings in Baja are uh-huh. all, you know, like you can go into caves all over the place. I can take you to petroglyphs in Baja. When the Spanish arrived, 
the priest went to the natives and said, what's up with the cave paintings? These are some weird looking paintings on rocks. And they're like, we don't know. They were here when we got here. <laughs> oh my God. So, wow. so then you're like, then you're like, well, wait a minute. Wait, wait. <laughs> when the native Americans say, we don't yeah. know. <laughs> Yes. You're like, well, you guys are the wait, only wait, guys wait a minute. supposed you, to know. Were you yeah. the first? <laughs> were you the first? Apparently not. And yeah. so there's Baja, all the cave paintings in Baja come from a civilization that humanity does not know. Wow. Um, and you can get as weird as you want on the theories because they go everywhere from aliens to giants to a civilization that was wiped out. But, um, you know, they're literally 20 feet off the ground. There's no wood for scaffolding. So people are like, maybe they were giants. Like, wow. it, it's, it's wild. Like, yeah, all this to be able stuff to reach is just, that. And yeah. Yeah. Dude, I know. Yeah, it's so crazy. You, you can't, you can't build it out of a little cactus. So right. how did they get up there? And, <laughs> right. So who and knows? the resources who knows? they would need from the area that may or may not have yeah. been there to get up. To, yeah. That's nuts, man. Right. So yeah. I, all this stuff. Yeah. I know that, that, that Calvary encampment that we went to, we found, uh, we dug down and found wagon like shackles from a wagon we found a, a military uniform button i mean dude just crazy stuff wow. out there. yeah wow just untouched yeah. untouched and this stuff just laying out like some of it just laying out and we ended up uh capturing the stuff that was just laying out that we found there and we brought it to the blm the bureau of land management office for the area and they have it on display in a shadow box there now from that location so that wow. nobody can pillage that stuff you know yeah, so Crazy. this wasn't where we thought this conversation was going to go, but Legends <laughs> Overlanding and you are obviously huge his, history buffs. And Absolutely. So it's a huge part of the DNA of who we are. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. the history. Yeah. <laughs> I know, dude, we've already been going an hour. Are you, are you good to keep going? <laughs> I'm totally good. Okay. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Get on these tangents about all this stuff. Yeah. So that was part one of our conversation with Nathan from Legends Overlanding. Make sure you guys check them out. It's just Legends Overlanding at Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else, pretty much. They're uh, they're now on Twitter, and um, you guys can find them very easily. If you need any information on them and you can't find it, just contact us. We'd be more than happy to forward it to you. But look for part two of this conversation with Nathan, which is another awesome, almost another full hour um, that we had. And I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. So April 1st, that'll be released. And thank you for subscribing and listening. And just all the support has just been incredible. Make sure you guys go on to your favorite podcast app and give us a, a review and uh, let us know how we're doing. Love you guys. Hope you have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you soon. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.